O God of wonder, open us to the beauty, awe, and magic of this most holy night. Amen. Silence night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Indeed, this night glimmers unlike any other. Christmas Eve shimmers with the warmth and the radiance of a love that defies all explanation, that is full of possibility, and that is making all things well. As Christina Rossetti put it in a Christmas poem, Love came down at Christmas, love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. This night is bright with the wonders of his love. When it comes to things that are full of wonder and are awe-inspiring, there are two sorts of responses that we might have. One would be to try to dive in deep, to understand it. When St. John sets out to tell the story of who Jesus is and where he came from, he tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And you might know that the Word, Word, it means something like the overarching structure or logic or rationale of all that is. We can plumb the depths of what it means to say that Jesus reveals the logic of God. And that can be good in holy work. That's what we call theology, which means God words. That would be one way to focus a Christmas sermon, to consider the grandeur and the majesty of what it means to say that the word became flesh. But that is not what I am going to do tonight. I'm going to take the other path which might be described by one of the great hymns of this night. O come, all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Tonight, let's adore Jesus, let's wonder in his love. What do I mean by wonder? Well, I don't mean let's speculate or reflect on. I mean let's be awestruck. Let's enjoy the glow of this night instead of trying to make it useful. Let's marvel at just how beautiful and amazing this gift of Christmas is. One author has said that wonder is when we behold the beautiful. And that's exactly the grace and glory of Christmas, that the only thing big enough, grand enough, powerful enough to have created all of this, all that is seen and unseen, became small enough, vulnerable enough to be carried in a human womb, to be held in our arms. God comes to us as one to behold. And how strange this is. Most people would expect God to come in power, to be served and praised. But our God comes to be received. As we sing, let every heart prepare him room. Jesus did not come as a field general might to inspect the troops, give us a pep talk, 
shout out some new orders. No, mild he laid his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Because of Jesus, we can sing with confidence that God and sinners are reconciled. Therefore, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. In other words, all of those things that stood between us and this eternal and abundant life in God, both on this side and the far side of the grave, have been demolished. Jesus Christ has broken down the dividing wall between us and God. Our sins are not damning. Our doubts are not defining. Our deaths are not final. All that remains for us to do is to grow in faith, hope, and love. To enjoy our forgiveness. To share in the abundance of God's grace. To behold our belovedness. To wonder in his love. Wonder is a way of being in this world that is open to possibility, to imagination, to connection, to mystery. One theologian has said that mystery is the only way that we can ever begin to experience the love of God, which is beyond all human knowing. But we live in a disenchanted world. A world that is closed off to mystery, that sorts and categorizes and explains everything. The busyness, seriousness, and stress of life have us all overly focused on what is tangible and expedient. And we're left without much room for wonder or awe. And this is a dangerous place for us to be. Because without wonder, the words, you are forgiven or just a phrase. This is my body is just a fanciful incantation. The Lord is risen, just a legend. One preacher has said that without transcendence, Christianity devolves into politics, which explains a lot about the modern church and state. It's not surprising there's so much vitriol anxiety and depression in our world right now. We've lost our sense of what could be. We've become disenchanted and disillusioned. Without the wonder of possibility and love, there's not much to hope for, not much worth pursuing, not much worth living or dying for. A world without wonder turns us into mindless consumers who just go from one screen to the next, trying to find fulfillment that just never seems to come. But there's something enchanting about this time of year, something wonderful about the darker nights and the colder weather. This time of year, enchantment is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's that time of year that we tell each other stories about flying reindeer. We sing songs that make us teary. We all seem to have an extra store of generosity in our hearts. Consider the Nutcracker. Sure, lovely music, grand costumes, amazing dancing, but let's be honest. It's a two-hour ballet without any dialogue set to music by a Russian composer 
in the late 1800s. Hardly what passes for entertainment in our YouTube and TikTok-based culture. And yet we take our children to see it in droves. And is it really because we think six-year-olds are clamoring to watch a two-hour ballet? Of course not. But we are. Even if we're not all that into theater, there is something magical about the music and the dance. Or maybe it's going over to Polar Express and as a 50-year-old getting to wear pajamas on a train ride. We say that the lights and the decorations are for the kids. Maybe that's a little bit of it. But in truth, it's the one time of the year that we are allowed to satiate our deep yearning for wonder and enchantment. And so we play the Mannheim Steamroller and Mariah Carey as loud as the speakers can take it. We gladly pay more money to Duke Energy for all of those lights and inflatables. We act as if calories just disappear in January. <laughs> to be clear, I am not against any of this. But let's name it for what it is. We are binging on wonder because we are so starving for something bigger, something deeper, something more wonderful. We were created out of the limitless and inexhaustible mystery of God's love. And as St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. We long for a story of wonder that we can find our part in. That's why perhaps you had chills shoot up your spine when you heard the organ roar to life with, O come all ye faithful. Maybe it's why the hair on the back of your neck stood up when you heard, in those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. It could be it's why you find your eyes watering in the sacred candlelight of this night. We were made for wonder. We were made for mystery. We were made for love. And so tonight we behold that holy wonder that a child has been born for us, a son given to us, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There's a social psychologist who writes about the power of what he calls elevation. He says it's the positive opposite of disgust or degradation. Elevation is more than happiness, more than contentment. It's more like joy, being swept up in awe and wonder. Elevation is a transcendent moment of warmth, compassion, connection, and courage. As the band U2 puts it in their song called Elevation, you make me feel so high like I can fly elevation. The lead singer Bono said that it's a song about the ability of music to lift us up when we are feeling down, to help us transcend our mundane lives. In other words, elevation is about wonder. It's no accident that this sermon has been filled with references to Christmas hymns, as music is one of the ways 
that the church helps us to behold the wonder of Jesus and to be in adoration of God. This is what wonder and adoration are all about. Elevating our hearts, minds, bodies, and souls to the bosom of God where we can rest in God's abundant grace, bountiful mercy, and limitless love. Wonder, though, is not something that just happens. We have to make room to wonder. The icons in this church are intended to be opportunities to wonder. Sometime when you have a chance, stand in front of one of them for a couple of minutes and see what happens when you let your mind wander and wonder. Or you might prayerfully pray, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me as you're coming forward to receive communion tonight. Sometime this week, you might choose a psalm or just one verse of a psalm and work on memorizing it so you can carry it with you as a way to meditate in adoration and wonder throughout your day. The important thing about wonder is that we never evaluate it. We never judge it. Wonder is something we give ourselves to. Wonder is bigger than us. We don't try to control it. It's something that elevates us. So wonder will often move us. Consider Mary. She had an encounter of wonder with an angel and responded with not, well, God, I'm busy right now, or I'm not quite ready for this, or this is not possible. Rather, she says, let it be with me according to your word. Mary is open to wonder. And we have the shepherds. They had an awesomely wonderful experience. They heard the angels singing the song of heaven. Now, yes, our choir is fantastic. When I was in England earlier this year, I had the chance to hear the choirs of King's College, Cambridge, Westminster Abbey, and Salisbury Cathedral. But they are nothing compared to the awe that those shepherds must have heard. They heard the Gloria as it is sung in heaven and their spirits were elevated to the point that they got up, left their flocks, and went to see a child lying in a manger. Wonder is so unlike most of our daily life that you might find it uncomfortable to simply enjoy instead of evaluating. Adoration takes practice because we do not often just sit and let the being there be enough. Silence makes us think the, the computer is frozen up. And so wonder takes some practice and cultivation. One artist has said that the most courageous thing we can do is to behold. And that's what wonder is all about, simply beholding, being with God. And this is what Christmas makes possible. It is the gift of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. No matter the vigor of our faith or the depths of our doubts, no matter our mistakes or shortcomings, no matter our past or our future, the wondrous news of Christmas is that God is with us. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in God tonight met in the wonders of his enchanting love that makes all things well. 1,700 years ago in a sermon, 
A preacher told the congregation, Behold what you are, and become what you receive. Talk about wonder. In the Eucharist and at Christmas, we behold what we are, the people that God so loved to come among us in Jesus. Abiding in this love is the only thing we need to do. As Rossetti wrote in that poem that I opened with, Love shall be our token, love be yours and love be mine. Love is our gift, our vocation, our source and our summit. Behold the wonders of his love. And then beholding this wonder, by the Spirit's grace, we become more like that love we have been given. Oh, come, let us adore him tonight and evermore.